Hey everyone out there in the CBCU, it is your friendly neighborhood podcaster, Alfred, and as always, I've got my gracious co-host, the president and CEO of Snark Industries, the invincible, still invisible, covered in ice like he's on the planet Hoth, (laughs) Ignacio, how are you doing, sir? Good, man. Uh, That's kind of a a dated reference, especially since we just got a new Star Wars to reference. Mm. Can you like update that reference, maybe? Well, I I would, but I can't remember the name of the <laughs> I can't planet. Remember the name of oh, it's no, it's the Star Killer base, right? It's the whole okay. base is the planet. Well, there you go. Oh, spoilers, I guess. Whatever. That's not really. A spoiler. We'll get to that later. Um, so yeah, man. Uh, so this little indie film finally dropped uh, this week. Uh, a little thing called Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. Before we go, before we get into that, and I, I'd never get this opportunity, but let me also introduce my co-host. I don't think you introduced yourself, did you? Oh, it, well, I, I think no? I said... Did you say uh, Friendly Neighborhood Podcast? Friendly Neighborhood Podcast, yeah, yeah. Oh, you did? Okay. Well, yeah. Then, I guess I just it's wanted nice to, to <laughs> It's nice to know that uh, that you, the co-host, is, is listening to the show yeah. as we're recording. I think it. our fans listen to the show more than I do. I kind of just usually tone it, tune it out. Like, during tune it show. out. I mean... Uh, uh, no, that's not true at all. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude. We're doing Star Wars this week. This is mostly going to be a Star Wars cast and i realized Mm -hmm. this isn't this didn't start off as a comic book but it's become kind of a comic book um property it's got firm trenches within the comic book realm there's definitely a lot of crossover between comic book fans and star wars fans there's probably a lot of crossover i think that venn diagram is mostly people in the middle um but yeah dude um i guess we're gonna talk about it and we're gonna say right off the bat even though we did consider trying to do a non-spoiler version or maybe a non-spoiler segment and then a spoiler segment that was just going to be too much of a pain in the ass um, and we're lazy so if you don't mind getting star wars spoiled um or if you've already seen it then uh your ears are safe but if you don't want the movie spoiled um then maybe try run away it. yeah run away and then come back once you've seen it and mm-hmm. uh you can listen to our takes and tell us what you think about it on the facebook page definitely um or on twitter uh, or even right. through email um or you can just call one of us if you see us on the street too you can if talk you to know us, us or if you see us although although <laughs> this is a small aside did think we we're going to talk about this if you see us on the street especially with me this is alfred talking uh be careful that you don't talk to somebody who just looks exactly like me uh, yeah. i went to a star wars party uh like at a, at a club this past week, and there was literally a guy that looked like my twin. I've never seen somebody look more like me. I know we, I know all my friends play that game, Spot the Zoo or Freddy Pod or whatever they call it, mm-hmm. uh, where they find people that look like me. But this guy looked exactly like my twin. It was, it was kind of freaky. It really. I play that out. game all the time, and I find that there are a lot of people that look like you. But this guy was the best one ever. I mean, it's, it was insane. It's, it's amazing. And you're you're wearing a Star Wars hat and like a kind of coat jacket. Jacket. Yeah, it's a jacket. It's a jacket. Uh, yeah. He does not seem to be wearing any kind of Star Wars paraphernalia whatsoever. In fact, it looks like a Joy Division shirt he's wearing. But He is wearing a Joy Division shirt, nice. but it's not just a Joy Division shirt. I think it was like a Joy Division anime shirt or something like that. Oh. I remember. Was it jo- Was it a Joy Division Star Wars shirt? Because that would be pretty uh, amazing. No. I- oh, wait. Yes, it was. It was, just, it was. You're right. It's a Joy Division Darth Vader shirt. That's what it was. Oh, well, there you go. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that seems like shit. something that would be popular in San Antonio. Uh, but yeah, if uh, if you see Al's 
Facebook profile pop up on their Facebook page. I'm gonna uh, post. I'm gonna post photo, that so you picture. Can go I'm take gonna, a look yeah, at I'm gonna put that picture on the comic book characters page. It's so insane. People can see. It's crazy. It's nuts. Anyway, that's not what we came to talk about. <coughs> Pardon me. Uh, yeah, man. So just right off the bat, uh, you know, it's kind of funny. Leading up to Star Wars, there was a lot of uh, experts in the field, so to speak. And I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but it's just it's kind of interesting to, to look at it now you know monday monday morning quarterback style that there were a lot of punduits and stuff that kind of pundits. track uh, pundits? Pundits, right? pundits pundits yeah. sorry uh pundits that sort of track how movies are going to do or what they expect them to you know how they expect them to perform or whatnot and you know the the previous record holder for a december opening weekend is the hobbit and unexpected journey made uh upwards of 80 million dollars i think like 85 86 million dollars something like that and people kept questioning Disney opening this movie, which is tailor-made for the summer, right? For, like, a big summer release. You know, for them releasing it in December. And they were like, is this a mistake? Are they going to end up making, you know, 60, 70 million when they could be making 150, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> well, now we know. <laughs> uh, Star Wars opened to $247.9 million dollars. Uh, over the weekend highest grossing movie of all time for a weekend 281 million internationally 528.9 million total uh, uh and the previous record holder is jurassic world at 208 million i don't want to go too much into this math thing i just think it's it's kind of funny you know that people were so concerned about a december release uh, hurting the film financially and it's literally made almost half a or it's made over half a billion dollars in three days yeah, it's not surprising. I feel like they could have released this any time of the year, and and they would get these kind of numbers. Plus, I think also when you're when you're thinking about those summer box office numbers, you're you're considering the fact that kids are not in school and you know could maybe go see movies and have more free time. Mm-hmm. But the audience here isn't really kids. It's like people who were kids when the movies came out originally, right? Um, who are available to go to movies at all times. And plus, like, this is kind of the holiday season, so people do have time off to go. Um, mm-hmm. Or people generally take time off around this time of year. So, I don't know. I wasn't too shocked by it. I wasn't shocked at I, all, actually. <clears throat> I was like, I actually assumed this movie was going to break every single record. Wow, okay. I, see, I thought it was going to do really well. I wasn't sure it was going to break everything, especially with that Jurassic World 208 million was a lot to kind of hit. But it just blew it out of the water. Um, you know, I, I just think it's... Uh, the other thing that this movie really has going for it, other you know than all of the fanfare and the pretty pretty great critic uh, response, is that there's not any other big films coming out for like the next six to eight weeks. I mean, the the next well, this comic isn't the book big movie time, right? I mean, this is usually when like Oscar Oscars. contender movies come out, but not like your big kind of blockbuster, huge budget definitely, uh, definitely. And then I mean, what I was gonna say is, in, you know, for like in terms of our audience. The next like nerd comic book movie is Deadpool. That doesn't come out till February. Right. So so nerds, you got a lot of time to see Star Wars a whole bunch of times if you want. Three D IMAX. Speaking of which, you watched it three times in three days. Is that right? Oh, yeah, I did. I did. I did not mean to. No one believes me. Nobody believes me. That is the most ridiculous comment ever. I did not mean to go see a movie three times in three days. How does one? That was not my intention. Okay. okay but you intention. went willingly. It's not like someone forced. I you. did. It wasn't like I was. No, I wasn't forced. And to be honest, if anybody wants me to go and is wants to pay for my ticket and wants me to go with them, I'll go. 
you know, I'll go see it. I liked it, but uh, no, it's just like it just was happenstance. One of my friends ended up getting a ticket on the Thursday night premiere that that I didn't think was going to be possible, and she invited me, so I went. That was Vicky, by the way, and um, and then I already always had tickets for Friday with my mom. That was always a thing. Bianca had ended up seeing all of the Star Wars from my little sister. Uh, she saw the, all the six like in the, the two weeks prior, and she really wanted to see it. I was able to get his tickets for Saturday, so I took her, and so that's kind of how I ended up seeing it three days, three times in three days. How I got you, invited. How did you not go with your mom and Bianca? Well, because the fine. tickets we don't I have got to get into family issue. Politics. Right, right. No, but the tickets I got from my mom was in the morning, and Bianca had school on Friday. I did contemplate like not taking her to school and being just like, no, let's just watch Star Wars. But it was like her Christmas party and all of that. She really wanted to go to that, so. Couldn't you not? So wait, couldn't you just have gone Friday night with all of them? There weren't there weren't any tickets for Friday night. When I tried to get tickets, it was sold out. What about Saturday night? It was sold out. Really? The only reason I was able to get tickets Saturday in the afternoon was because they opened up more tickets. Like, yeah, I think that's what happened the, here because I got tickets for the Thursday night midnight showing on Monday of that of this of that week. Which wow. is crazy. Yeah, they, I thought these tickets had sold out like months ago. They would they did. They did. A bunch of theaters did open up additional screens. So uh hey about that, man. Ten minutes. We haven't even talked one lick of the movie. <laughs> we have not. No. We have not. Um all right, man. So l- let's talk about the movie. Uh Okay, I, I asked you to do this as a little exercise before we started recording. <clears throat> and I said, please pick out three words. That you could use to describe the film. I'm gonna I'm gonna say my three, and then I want you to say your three. Oh, we're gonna say them all at once, okay? Or do you want to go one no, and then fine. one and then one and then one? Whatever you uh, you you're leading this, so you tell me. This is my thing. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll we'll go one and one and one and one because that way it gives us a little bit of time to explain why it's our choice. Uh, first word I I chose was wonderment, as in. <laughs> As in, this movie had a lot of childlike kind of wonderment for people that were fans of the original Star Wars films and uh, that that probably suffered through the prequel debacle and, tra- and you know I maybe it was would use the word tragedy that was the <laughs> the prequel trilogy. You uh, there like was the a, scenes a, in the Galactic Senate or whatever. <laughs> oh God, yeah, or all of the uh, you know any the of the Anakin scenes, regardless of which actor was playing him. Um, no, but there was a lot of wonderment. There was a lot of sense of wonderment within this film. I feel like J.J. Abrams really was able to capture, and I have a feeling you're gonna you're gonna maybe sort of counter to this point, but I feel like J.J. Abrams was able to to capture a lot of the essence of the original Star Wars trilogy, maybe even in your eyes, uh, a lot of a new hope. <laughs> but uh, what what's your first word choice? Okay, my first word is a Jace. <laughs> Don't look that one up. It's not a real word, but basically means adjacent uh, or short for adjacent. Mm-hmm. Essentially, another way of saying an, an inferior copy of something. Okay, uh, right. This movie should have been called A New Hope Awakens, actually, um, because that's basically what it was. Um, yeah. I mean, I I see what you're saying, that he kind of captured the Star Wars um, essence. I would use mm-hmm. a different word. I would say he copied it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, I don't. I did not find anything about this movie to be creative or imaginative in any way. Um, it really felt like, after watching this, I kind of felt like maybe Star Wars takes place in a universe that's like stuck in some kind of hell that just keeps playing the same story. <laughs> like on a loop. 
with yeah. just different characters. Uh, <laughs> right. It's like a fever dream somehow. Um, no, I, I was like shocked at how much similarities there were with the original series and it and i i'm a kind of i'm also shocked that people are giving jj abrams as much credit as they have i read somewhere someone saying if george lucas hadn't actually signed off on this uh, he'd have a good case for plagiarism and i kind of agree with them um i i don't know i wasn't as high on this movie i definitely enjoyed it i had a good time yeah and it's a it's a fun movie and i think um it does basically it's I don't know. It's like porn for Star Wars fans who are waiting for something that was Star Wars. Fan service. It's called fan service. It's fan service. You're looking for. Yeah. But in a weird way, and you're probably gonna hate me for saying this, I I hated the prequels. I'd never want to see those again. Oh yeah. No. I kind of. I I don't know. In a way, I kind of respect at least that George Lucas tried to do something different. He failed. The movie sucked. But he did try to tell a different story from the original trilogy. Um, they are they are very different. They're almost not in the same universe in a way. <laughs> like, right, right. Uh, uh, but he did try something different. J.J. Abrams here, I don't think, tried anything different. Um, and that was disappointing to me. So a Jace okay. is the best word okay. to describe it. And it's, not, and it's not just the plot. I think a lot of the characters. I think Ray is very much Luke a Jace. Mm-hmm. I think BB-8 is very much R2-D2 R2. Jace. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you got uh, you got you got the the cantina on Maz Eisley yeah, uh, right. scene versus the 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 you know uh, what's it? The, I don't know what it's called, but yeah, very similar scene. Maz's bar thing or whatever that you know it's very it's very much the same. You've got Jakku very much like Tatooine. Yeah, You've got even the, the storyline star with Rey and, the and a droid again. You know that like has this secret thing mm-hmm. inside of it that helps her. Yeah. Um, no, there, there's a lot of parallels. There's uh, so many. The villain, uh, Kylo Ren, is another guy who dresses in black robes and wears a black mask. Yeah. Uh, that one's not such a big deal because obviously they they mentioned Darth Vader a lot and he's like fighting to avenge his death, which we'll get to later because I think there's a lot right. of interesting holes in that plot. Um, but, um, but then you also have, we already said spoilers, so whatever, if you made it yeah, this far. Yeah, yeah. It's on you, man. Uh, but yeah, he's also related to one of the, you know, to one of the just, main good guys. Um, yeah, I mean, he's uh, so Kylo Ren is is Han and Leia's son, right? Uh, ben Solo. There's another kind of parallel there. You have another Death Star, which I mean, well, it's Star Killer, yeah, right. Planet, but yeah. And they show. I, I like that they show that it's like what ten times as big as it <laughs> it's like so much bigger. It's but like... somehow still has the same flaw. Same but even flaw. Worse. I would I would argue even worse because it's on the outside this time instead of on the inside. Um, right, right. Like I that that drove me up the wall. Like I could not fucking believe that that somehow made it into the movie. Um, That's true. I was disappointed that that was the same device that they used. To... And, was it just me or did it take like six Tie Fighters to take it down? <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. It. Because they, yeah, they flew I mean, off, and there was six of them, unless those were the only ones who survived. But I think there those weren't the only that ones many. who survived. Okay. They, those are the only ones who were left over. But I, I still feel like there weren't that many to begin with, like, to, to start yeah. that attack. Yeah, and there wasn't like, much work. fanfare. They were just like, woo, let's go back to the base. <laughs> yeah, they didn't seem very sad about all the people that just got killed. No. I mean, wh- um, what is the population of that planet? It must be billions. <laughs> um <laughs> Absolutely insane. I think. But I think if you are going to look at stuff that was creative, um, I think I think Finn maybe is probably the most creative character because we haven't seen that storyline so much. A black person, <laughs> right? Well, one a black person, even though we did have Lando. Um, Lando, Lando's but also awesome. you know finally showing 
the face of a stormtrooper was different. Yeah. And it's kind of seeing him uh, revolt and that, against that. Even that storyline felt a little rushed to me. It's like, oh, okay, he sees blood, well, and all of a sudden he's a, he's he's. A I good think guy? they're gonna get. I think they're gonna get more into that in the in the sequels. Yeah. There's at least gonna be two more. Um, and we'll, we'll touch on that in a minute, but you're right. I think that is one of the most creative things is that, um, that we haven't seen that storyline, right? That point of view, a stormtrooper, uh, out of the suit and kind of what is, what is going on there. So that, that to me is a wholly original thing, um, at least in, in the film universe for Star Wars. Uh, I'm going to go on to my second word cause, cause, uh, you know, just, to move along yeah do it uh nostalgic is no the way second dude. word i use did you that's my second word oh wow whoa <laughs> oh uh yeah it's totally a nostalgic film and and this is what you know just a second ago you mentioned something about like we didn't get that far into kind of finn's backstory or Ray's for that matter um and i think that's because this film and, and this is where I do give J.J. James credit, and I don't hold so much against him that this, this is a lot of uh, stuff we've seen, is he had the difficult task of where the prequel tw- uh, pardon me, where the prequel trilogy was able to kind of tell these holy news stories. This film had to bridge the original trilogy and the new stuff. You had to create a bridge. Uh, and give screen time to kind of both things, like with Han Solo and, and General Leia and, you know, R2 and C-3PO and all of that stuff. And, and and also introduce all these new characters and kind of get them moving. And so, you know, this wasn't just a film for the new characters. It kind of reminded me of Transformers, the animated cartoon movie mm-hmm. from the 80s, where they have like Optimus Prime and Bumblebee and all those guys at the beginning, but then by the end of the movie, you've got Rodimus and, you know, um, Ultra Magnus and RC. I'm getting so nerdy right now. No, I'm loving hearing it. it. I, I popped Hearing it as I'm talking. Um, but I, and I love that movie. You know, that's great. That's the best Transformers film that's ever been made to yeah. this point. Oh, by far. Um, but so I don't hold it against J.J. Abrams as much because I feel like he had a difficult task of bridging the two together. And, yeah, there are a lot of the same beats and same notes from the original trilogy. But I kind of think that was done purposefully because that's that's giving the original fans like a little bit of fan service. Like you said, it's kind of harking back to what you've already seen. And, and yes, it is a lot of exactly what you've seen, but at least you're seeing with new characters, even if as of right now, they don't seem all that different. I have a feeling that in the in the coming sequels that they're going to get fleshed out in directions that do make them different. I, no, I think you're totally right. And I feel like the best way to actually look at this movie is is the first episode of a series, right? I mean, it's like when you watch the pilot episode of a TV show, you really what you want to accomplish from the director's point of view is just to get the audience to want to see more, right? And I feel like that's the, probably the best thing that this movie accomplishes. That by the end of it, I wanted it to keep going. I wanted to see where it was going. Uh, hopefully, somewhere different, <laughs> somewhere I haven't right. actually seen something to something I haven't seen before. Uh, but I don't know. I can't really. It's hard. I can't really grade a, a, a movie in the same way I would a TV show episode because in the end, you know, you're paying your fifteen bucks to go see this movie, and it should hold its own just as a standalone film and for me it was disappointing as a standalone movie because mm-hmm. like i said it's it's a film i've seen before i've seen this whole story i've seen it all um there were a couple of surprises and it's not like and there were a lot of parts that i really enjoyed but i didn't think it really went anywhere different um 
but you're right. You're right. I mean, the, the idea of kind of rebooting this and kind of getting it going again, um, if that's your goal, and of course it is for them, then I think they accomplish their goal. And I think even though I had my issues with this movie, it's set up in a way where I think the second movie could be really intriguing. And I'm, I'm, right. I'm interested to see where it goes. <clears throat> so it's but kind of funny that with, you can, can I stick with nostalgia yeah. for a second? I don't yeah, know yeah, yeah. Um, no, go ahead. I, 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 I guess I drew a, a couple of parallels between this and Jurassic World. Um, mm. Not, not the actual movie or plot, but like the fact that the, the the response was so overwhelmingly positive for both movies. And even right. though I think this is a superior movie to Jurassic World, which I really didn't like, um, I agree. I think people just just cut these movies so much slack uh, because of yeah. the nostalgia factor. Like, yeah, it's just, it's so, it's like you said, it's just fan service and it's just like, um, and obviously that, that goes, I don't know, whatever. I mean, to me that only goes so far, but for a lot of right. people, um, kind of have a more discerning eye. Right. But then again, it's like, we haven't had a good Star Wars movie in decades. Right. So it's like, yeah. People, I think, had a somewhat low bar here, and they just kind of wanted something that made them feel the way they did with the originals, and this movie tried to capture it. It didn't quite work so well for me, but I could see how it worked well for others. Yeah. No, and that's, you know, I think the scary thing is, you, I think you nailed it on the head comparing it to Jurassic World, is have have we now, or has Hollywood stumbled upon the next money-making <laughs> scheme for their films, well, which think, is... Yeah pander to nostalgia i think they uh, figured that out a long time ago though because i mean really they've, they've been making like you I mean transformers is an example you just mentioned it teenage Mutant yeah, ninja turtles I, I, is another example but that but those are still relatively that's still kind of relatively recent that's like true. that's yeah. that's all within the last i don't know five years or so so like i i wonder if that's what they're just going to keep pushing and it seems like because they're making another ninja trolls movie they're making another they're supposed to make like four more Transformers films or some Jesus. bullshit like that. I don't know how the hell they're going to do that. But, uh, you know, and then the Star Trek. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, and it's this is the thing that concerns me with that. And I don't want to spend too much time with that because it's not really Star Wars specific. But if Hollywood realizes and, and the audiences are the ones that are paying to see these movies over and over and over, and make them so profitable, um, you know, Jurassic World and Star Wars Episode Seven, uh, both you know, created the highest grossing weekends of all time, both in this year, then Hollywood has no um, impetus to to do any original stuff. You know, yeah. they they all the money is in the is in the nostalgia. So that's what they're going to keep doing. So that kind of sucks from an artistic standpoint. Uh, we'll have to kind of see how that plays out. Yeah, it was disappointing uh, to have all all of the. Um actors from the original well not all of them but like the big names from the original trilogy in this movie uh and then you just end up kind of telling the same story um i thought there was an opportunity to, to go a different route with it um mm -hmm. but uh like i said there were things i did like about this movie uh and should we just go to the well, last one or yeah, we, we, okay let's just go yeah and well, actually uh yeah so the last word i used was uh fun i just thought the movie was fun um kind of like ant-man I, I really had the same kind of sense coming out of the movie and Maybe it's it's one of those things where you're seeing the film with a bunch of fans, you know, opening weekend it's just going to be a whole fuck ton of Star Wars fans, you know, every screening. But, you know, everyone was in such a good mood and like he said, I think it was there was this nervous energy 
because we haven't had a good Star Wars film in decades, like he said. And and so there was this nervous energy in the theater. And as soon as the movie got going and you're like, okay, this is not the shitty prequels. And, right, right. you know, right off the bat with Poe Dameron being kind of like snarky. <laughs> um, Maybe my favorite move yeah. of the movie, actually. One of my favorites. I love that bar. I knew you did. I thought about you like the second. The Are you talking about the where... one where he's like. Do I talk first or do you talk first? Yeah, he's like, do I do I talk first? You talk. Yeah, I yeah, I immediately thought of you. I immediately thought of you. And then when when uh, Kylo's talking to him, he's like, wait, he's like, I'm sorry, I can't understand you. With the, I was like, did they put Ig in this movie? Like, dude, like you look there, really different. There were a lot a of little funny lines, which were my I think my favorite part of the movie, because yeah, the that, the, the, the prequels were so serious oh, and so like Jesus. self. Uh, what's the word? A self. Um, uh, flagellating i don't, I don't know, know. <laughs> but basically like it, it, it took itself way too seriously and there wasn't yeah. that kind of uh light airiness that i think the originals had i mean han solo was like always yes. this kind of wisecracking guy uh this there was movie no kind han of solo in the prequels back, which i yeah. like and I, I give i give the writers credit for that at least i think that aspect of star wars which was lost in the prequels was definitely brought back in this in this film mm-hmm. um now, uh, here, so yeah, I, I just thought the movie was fun. I thought I thought it was a good time. I was relieved that it, did, it like you said, it didn't take itself seriously like the prequels did. Um, it had a lot of humor. It reminded me a lot of Avengers, the first Avengers movie, yeah. where there was a lot of balance of action and drama and exposition and story. And yeah, you're right. It is a lot of stuff we've seen before, especially in Star Wars. But it hit all those beats. It hit them. It was like Guitar Hero. It was just perfect, perfect. It was just nailing those beats. Like also, I want to ask you a beat, question because you've seen it three beat. times. Yeah. And each screening that you went to, uh, did the audience pop each time the Millennium Falcon shows up? Because it did when yes. I went to go see it. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I thought Every that was time the great, Millennium that was Falcon showed up. That was a really yeah, the moment. way the camera just panned to the side yeah. of it. And also, like... Like how they they set it up. Like, what about that ship? Like, he just points to it, but you don't see what he's pointing right. to. It's like and she's like, ah, oh, that's garbage. Right. That's you know, the garbage is fine. The garbage will do. It's it's a it's a pretty cleverly written movie. Not, um, well, not, not like, so clever that Han and Chewie also find it at the exact time after having lost it for twenty years. But whatever. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it, yeah. There's convenience within <laughs> yeah, the writing, right. of course. But uh, and then the other major pop was when Han and Chewie show up. That that got a pop all three times. Yeah, huge pop. Uh, but yeah, so what was your uh, what was your third word? Uh, my third word is uh, Dooku. <laughs> is it really? As in uh, this movie, it wasn't bad, but it was kind of Dooku. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I wrote. I wrote. <laughs> overrated. Overrated. Yeah. Okay. And, and that, you know what though? But it's like it's so highly rated that it's not. That's not really a bad. I'm not actually saying it's bad, right? Because like I think the Rotten Tomato score was in the 90s or something. Yeah. Um, so it's. I mean, it's it's considered at least critically as like one of the top movies of the year. I would not nearly go that far. Um, yeah. I think it accomplished what it set out to do. I think it was beautifully shot. I think it was the best acted Star Wars movie of all time, probably by a long shot. Start to finish, right, by all the actors. I thought the same thing. Yeah. That's, I'm uh, glad you brought that up because I really felt that way too. Yeah. A uh, couple, I mean, um, Daisy Ridley, is that her name, who plays oh, Ray? Yeah. She's fantastic. Jesus. She's, she's going to be a fucking star, man. That Ridley is so good in this. And she shows so much. Im- did, sorry, I didn't mean to step on no, your No, no, no. It's fine. She's so. She. Why well, I can't even talk. She shows so much emotion with her eyes yeah. 
and just like her facial reactions, uh, her ability to act in that sense was just blew me away. I, I, I agree. And that's one of the reasons I'm excited about the next movie is I, I want to see her kind of journey um, and where mm-hmm. it goes. Uh, John Boyega as Finn was awesome. Yeah, um, he's fantastic. He's probably the funniest guy in the movie. Um, Adam Driver <laughs> as Rilo, um, Kylo Ren was really good, yeah. I thought. Um, yeah, Kylo Riley. Is that what you're about to call them? Uh, yeah, yeah, most. Rilo Kylie. Um, Rilo Kylie. Oh, man. What about a, a new cover band that covers Rilo Kylie and Star Wars music called. Wait, called Kylo. Uh, no, I forgot Kylo, his name. Kylo Ren. Yeah, Kylo Ren. Kylo Riley. Kylo Riley. Kylo Riley needs to be a band as like some kind of mix between oh. Kylo Ren and Rilo Kylo. <laughs> anyway, I don't okay, even, I can't even we're follow getting, this. We're, um, we're, we're, I'm so I'm so confused. Uh, I mean, he kind of. I mean, he plays kind of like an emo kid. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, and he's such a little brat, and he like, I don't know, the, the scenes where he like kind of goes nuts or are funny, but also get... kind of silly and. I don't know. I, I, I like some... that. And let's talk about him a little bit uh, right now, if you don't mind. Um, so a couple of things. One, I want to give a shout out to to a uh, fan of the podcast, uh, Victoria. Uh, she, I saw it with her on Thursday. She's the one that got me the ticket. And she turns to me. And when, when Kylo Ren takes off his helmet, oh God. his mask for the first time, she turns to me and she goes, I'm thinking about getting metal legs. <laughs> which is from from grandma's boy it's that that awkward the boss guy like the programmer that's right. like super weird and i i started laughing so hard when she said that and then she just kept saying it like anytime he would talk she would just say it she, i was like at the puncher in the arm like stop saying that and then the other comment is a friend of mine um she texted me you know like oh you know i was just getting her reaction for the film and she was like, yeah, I loved everything about Star Wars. She said, except I wasn't expecting that when Kylo Ren took off his mask that he would be Marilyn Manson's younger brother. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was really funny. And that's that's totally what he looks like. But but, but in, serious, in all seriousness, here's what I thought about Kylo Ren. Let's talk about Kylo Ren real quick, if you don't mind. Yeah, I was, I was planning on it. I have a couple things to I, say about him, actually. I feel like Kylo Ren, with, with his outbursts, with his kind of tantrum... You know, he was very different from Vader, very different from uh, the Emperor. He wasn't cold and calculated. He was very different from Darth Maul. Um, and I think that really showed his struggle because, like, he keeps talking about being pulled in two directions, like the light and the dark, and he doesn't know who he is. And it's like, you know, it's frustrating for him. And I, I really felt like after seeing this movie three times that this is what Anakin was supposed to look like when, when they did the prequels and Anakin was supposed to take this journey from this kind of happy go lucky, full of childlike wonderment child to this like evil Sith guy at the end. That's like killing little children, Jedi. Um, they didn't really do a good job of showing that journey or explaining why he is the way he was. And I think a lot of that has to do with the writing and hating Christians, terrible acting, but I, th- I felt like with Kylo Ren, I'm like, oh, this is what Anakin's was supposed to look like, like really conflicted, really torn and kind of acting out and lashing out. But but not, you know, not so obnoxiously. So that's a really good point. I, I hadn't really thought about that. And I think you're totally right. I mean, I, I think Adam Driver is also a better actor. And he can Definitely. Kind of, he can no. Kind of do oh, God. His face. Light years. Light years ahead. Like you can almost kind of see that 
his history just by looking at his face. Like yes. Some of the facial, um, mm-hmm. some, some of his facials. <laughs> some of his, <laughs> just some like of the his weirdest, face. I hate saying that word. But, uh, you see but some no, of his he's face? like, there's this anguish kind of behind his eyes. Definitely. Uh, there's this, a lot of uncertainty too. Yeah. There's almost in every action that he does, there's almost no, there's all the, always like a tinge of uncertainty yeah. behind it. With, and with Hayden Christensen, you never got that sense. There was <laughs> never that evil behind his eyes. Um, he, just he just looked kinda, like a. He yeah. looked like a freaking. Oh, I don't even know. What it, like I can't think of something that can describe what Hayden. <laughs> he looked like a deer in headlights, like constantly, <laughs> right. like yeah. a totem pole, like a totem pole that just cannot change its expression. Nothing. No. No expression. Just empty space. Empty yeah. space behind the eyes. Right. Sorry, you... I just saw the prequels recently. It still makes me angry, like how terrible they are. Oh, they're bad. Um, they're bad. Um, I, so to, to keep going on Kylo Ren, mm-hmm. um, I am really confused by his motivation, and I, I guess, okay. I guess if you really kind of nitpick it, the only real explanation is that is that Snoke somehow like controls him, right? Because mm-hmm. his motivation, all we know from the movie, is that he wants to avenge Darth Vader. But right. we also know that he trains under Luke Skywalker. And mm-hmm. when Darth Vader dies, mm-hmm. he's basically gone over to the light to side. The light. I mean, he's right. yeah, he's kind of, you know, him and Luke are uh, they're boys now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what exactly Thanks, is Dad. Kylo Ren fighting for? I mean, I, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it doesn't really... And I, agree. And I would imagine they're going to try to, to explain this later. But... Um, mm-hmm. If that's really the only reason, then it seems strange that somehow he didn't know the story from training with Luke. If he and, was that and from injured. Han and Luke telling him and Leia. Yeah. yeah. And um, also, where's the know, Darth Vader ghost that we saw at the end of uh, Jedi? Can he come back and be like, dude, relax. It's all good. Yeah, man. I'm cool now. It's fine. Just don't even... Yeah. Well, anyway, there's a lot of questions there. Also, uh, the uh, lightsaber that got all that shit, remember? The one that he uses? Mm-hmm. He actually uses the little side. Yeah, light. no, it's awesome. I popped I, for that. That was huge. <laughs> I love too. that part. Me too. Yeah. Like literally in my mind, <laughs> in my mind, when he uses the hilt to 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 fuck up John Boyega's shoulder. Yeah, I'm like, fuck you, fanboys. <laughs> like that's, in my mind, that's what I thought. Like uh, I was, I popped so hard for that. I was like, look, see, it freaking worked. Like there was a point to it. Um, what did you think about? Because obviously, from the originals, we see that Luke. It takes Luke about two movies to really master and know how to use the Force, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what did you think yeah. about Ray doing it in essentially one scene? Did that bother you at all? That no, yeah, that is problematic. Like this is not a perfect film, and and you know, I don't know if it's something they're going to try to explain later. But even like, let's say she's Luke's daughter, right? I mean, right. this is just nobody. Which nobody a lot knows. of people are speculating about. Right, it's a speculation. I feel like that's everybody thinks that that so they're gonna they're gonna swerve away from it, but even if she was Luke's daughter and so extremely strong with the Force, you can't just like magically know how to use the Force on that level, like to right. mind control someone or to use the telekinesis part of the Force. Like I feel like those are things. Like, maybe you're a little intuitive, it makes you a better pilot, sure, you know, that that would make sense. But she's using, like, really developed techniques within the Force. Yeah, I, I was, I did have a problem with that. I thought that was a bit of a stretch, and I don't know how or if they're going to explain it, or if we're just supposed to be like, eh, you know. 
with it but but yeah that was a weaker thing within the film for so, sure also if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the movie and you don't give a shit about spoilers here's another one uh luke skywalker shows up at at the very end we don't get him really for the entire movie uh, literally the that, last scene i've heard some people disappointed in that that didn't really bother me i thought that was actually cool because he he was in the movie in a sense because he was basically driving the entire plot and then mm-hmm. seeing him they talk about him a payoff, lot right and it's like okay mm-hmm. now we're ready to go and like Mm-hmm. You can kind of see where the next story is going with mm-hmm. him kind of almost taking over the Yoda role with Ray. Maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Possibly that's one option. Um, Definitely. Were you disappointed at all that Luke wasn't no, in the movie more? No, I was fine with it. I thought it was cool the way he was kind of a myth or not even maybe like a like a legend is mm-hmm. a better word within the Star Wars universe. And, uh, you know, it, I thought it was really cool. I love the way they did it. Um yeah, you know, I, I like sure, I, I wouldn't have minded a little bit of more Luke, you know, even if it was at the very end, just a little more Luke, but, but I thought it was great. I thought it, it gets you ready for the next movie, and, and uh, I mean, clearly they're going in a direction uh, with it, and it's, I thought it was great. One last thing I actually wanted to, to round back to Kylo Ren, just one last thing that I thought was really interesting. It's something I only noticed on the third time seeing the film. It was actually brought up by a couple of friends as well. Um when Kylo Ren and Rey are fighting in the snow, which, by the way, that whole scene was amazing and could have been out of, like, a Kurosawa film or something, like the mm-hmm. way they shot that uh, in the forest in the snow. Um, running me a little bit of Kill Bill, too. But uh, when they have the lightsabers, right, and Rey's got the blue lightsaber, Kylo Ren's got the red one, and they're they're pressed up against each other on the edge of that cliff or whatever, you can look at Kylo Ren's face... And again, like you were saying about how Adam Driver has so much emotion in his face and his acting, the lightsabers are actually emitting light. So on his face, the light turns blue and red and blue, and it keeps going back and forth. Hmm. Like that, those, those, so it kind of shows the internal conflict that he's going through. Yes. And I was like, I didn't notice that till the third time I saw it. And I was like, dude, that is excellent filmmaking. Like, that is. That's nice. That's a really nice touch. Yeah, that is really cool. Um, I didn't notice that either. I also so, took a flask to this movie, so I might have <laughs> a couple things I might not have caught. Uh, yeah, oh, I, quick like story. I said, I did I ever, did yeah. Have I even told you this? I, mm, what? Maybe I haven't. Um, when I went to go see it at midnight, I stood in the rain for an hour and a half. Uh, in the rain? Umbrella? Without an umbrella. No. Oh, nice. That's that's how far I went for this. Um, wow, man. Anyway. You and know then, what? And I don't... The guys who I was like holding the line for who came Uh later they actually arrived right as i got to the front of the line and then they just kind of were already standing (laughs) there so i I actually realized that i stood in the rain for an hour and a half for absolutely zero reason right i'm proud of you man i think the ignacio from college captain backtrack uh like to call him uh who would just turn away from anything requiring a little bit too much effort uh (laughs) would have been like now i'm out i'm out I'm just not even going to do that's this. That's probably true, and, actually. Uh, you, you, stuck, you stuck with it. And, uh, I'm not like big into standing man. in lines, man. I feel like I'm know, getting you know, to I the point in my life where like, I don't really, I don't do lines anymore. But Yeah, I don't like lines either. I get I get it. I get it. Um, yeah, so, I mean, overall, I think this film did a really great job of, it's a trilogy. We always knew it was going to be a trilogy. So I, I understand your point about it like as a standalone film, kind of not giving you everything you wanted. But knowing that it was always going to be part of a trilogy, it, it kind of functions differently than just a standalone film would. And that being said, I think that this movie 
was enjo- could be enjoyed by somebody who really hadn't seen the other Star Wars films. Yeah, you're going to get a lot more out of it if you've seen the original trilogy especially. But I thought, like, if you hadn't seen any Star Wars, that you could see this and still enjoy it. I, I would actually argue you might enjoy it more. Because, I mean, yeah. especially, my, especially someone like me, whose main critique was that it was so derivative of the original. Um, right, if you hadn't seen it, if you don't have it that wouldn't seem background, that background, um, this would feel fresh and new to you. Han Solo's death might, like, not carry any weight with it, though. Yeah, and I, I gotta say, I wasn't, like, that torn up about it. I don't know why. You weren't why. sad? You're like, oh, later, bag of bones. Well, you know what, though? I mean, I haven't I hadn't actually watched the originals in a while. And maybe if I had, like, done with a lot, what a lot of people did and re- kind of rewatched those before going, uh, I would have mm-hmm. been a little bit more emotionally invested. But because it had been so long, and honestly, I was actually thinking while the movie was going on, like, man, Harrison Ford does not look like he's going <laughs> to... <laughs> be able to do this much longer right i mean mm-hmm. it's not an easy role to play especially if you're trying to sell it physically um i remember thinking yeah, he like, does look pretty old and maybe we can end on that like if 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 han was already kind of hard to buy as kind of still being his i don't know if he's still doing like bounty hunter stuff i guess he kind of is but um smuggler stuff smuggler, yeah. yeah smuggler i guess is a better word to describe him how do you think? How do you think uh, Mark Hamill's going to hold up in the next movies, especially if they need him to do? I don't any, think. Well, uh, or unless they make him actually, like a Yoda character, where he doesn't really. Yeah, do I think he's going to go Yoda. Yeah. I think he's going to go Yoda or Obi Wan. Obi, you know, and there wasn't a whole lot of physicality actually. And that brings up the last thing. I'm gonna. We have some little quick trivia bits. I'm going to go into in just a minute. Okay. But, but this is the last point I want to make, and I'm glad you brought that up because it actually brings up one of my fa- absolute favorite things about this film, and that's. That when they got to the lightsaber fights and everything, they were straight up sword fights. Like, lightsabers are swords, okay? You're not supposed to be flipping around, doing ninja flips and all this bullshit like in the prequels. I really hated that about the prequels. Um, It really bothered me. (laughs) I know a lot of people really liked Darth Maul and sure, whatever. But it's like, look, man, these are swords. You're not supposed to be flipping around and doing a bunch of unnecessary movement. Right. Uh, You got a fucking sword. You're trying to stab the other person. That's all you're trying to do. And I really like that J.J. Abrams brought it back to the original kind of lightsaber fights where it's just like two people with swords kind of clashing back and forth. You know, there's there's kind of heavy thrusting and swinging and whatever. And I'm really, really glad that he, he brought it back to that and it wasn't a bunch of this crazy Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon uh, lightsaber bullshit. I agree. And in fact, I could have done with more lightsaber fights. Like, I... I know a lot of people like pop for the light for the Tie Fighter scenes. Like I've seen those so many times, and I'm, I'm I don't need any more. I'm like what I what I like seeing is is some of that lightsaber, some of that sweet lightsaber action. So uh, mm. hopefully we get to see more some of that. Some of that sweet saber action. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get more. Um, all right. Well, so I mean, obviously we're both recommending the film. Uh, it sounds like uh, I mean anyone that's listening to this, I'm sure has already seen it. So whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But, all right, a little quick, I, I went ahead and did a little bit of research, so I just wanted to go over some quick little trivia bits for those that have seen the film. Maybe you'll like this. Um, just hurry up, because we still got the Powies to get to. Uh, yeah, Powies. Okay. Oh, actually, one last thing. Captain Phasma looks so cool in the trailer. <laughs> she, she got she got tackled by a Wookiee. That was pretty much it. It's kind of funny. That's I want to see she accomplished. what they're going to uh, do with her. But... I went with a couple of fans who I also went to a wrestling show with. Every time she showed up on screen, we all said Shockmaster. Oh, Shockmaster, yeah. right. Good. Um, okay, some real quick uh, tidbits. The stormtrooper that gets Jedi mind-tricked by Rey when she's captured, and she's like, you'll release me and open the door and drop your weapon. Yeah. 
Daniel Craig. That's James Bond. What? That's actually Daniel Craig in the Stormtrooper costume, and that's his voice. That's him <laughs> doing a cameo. That's awesome. I had no idea. It's amazing, right? Yeah. Uh, Bill Hader from Saturday Night yep. Live and oh, like yeah. all the Judd Apatow films. Uh, and Ben Schwartz, who's uh, probably best known for being a character Jean Ralphio on Parks and Rec. Uh, he's a comedian and an actor. They actually provided the voice, the voices for BB-8. So they actually did like the indentations of the voice, and then they computerized it and made it into beeps and bloops and whatever. Also very cool. Uh, Simon Pegg, who's a, a big, uh, you know, J.J. Abrams is a huge fan of Simon Pegg. They work together in a lot of films, including the Star Trek films, is actually in Star Wars. He plays Unkar Plut. Uh, who, if you don't know who that is, that's the, the kind of asshole guy on Jakku that's like, I'll give you a quarter portion, <laughs> right. Ray. I'll give you 60 full portions for the BB, for the droid. You know, that so guy, I mean, that's... he's all CGI, isn't he, that character? No, that's practical effects. Oh, wow, that's cool. Yeah, I, maybe some of it is CG, but, like, he actually wore a suit. Like, he had a suit that looked like that thing. That's cool. And uh, just the last thing is the original concept artist for Star Wars, uh, New Hope, Ralph McQuarrie was the artist, did a lot of the conceptual art for like the Stormtroopers and R2-D2 and so on. J.J. Uh, Abrams actually used that as reference uh, for kind of the look of this, the, the flamethrower mm-hmm. Stormtroopers and uh, some of the... Sno- the uh, uh, the stormtroopers that were on the planet Starkiller, as well as BB-8, uh, was kind of modeled after Ralph McCurry's original concept art for R2-D2. Oh, interesting. So it's kind of interesting there. So yeah, also, just I a think little, Starkiller uh, is, a, is a reference because I think, I believe, mm-hmm. um, Luke Skywalker was supposed to be Luke Starkiller. Luke Starkiller, exactly. That's yeah. totally right. Right on the money, right on the money there, Rick. Uh, so yeah, just a few little quick trivia tidbits for, for people that are fans of this stuff. Maybe you didn't know that. Um, it's pretty cool. Uh, all right, man. Well, so that's that's it for our Star Wars thing. The next one comes out in about a year and a half or so, two years, something like that. Uh, I'm sure if this is still, you know, if this podcast still exists by that point, we'll uh, we'll we'll cover it. Uh, but let's exist, get into to something. What was that? I said we better exist, um, mo- hope, mostly for uh, Christine's safety because she's. <laughs> I don't know what she would what? do if we didn't do the show. Man, what would happen? Yeah, what would happen? Um. But here we go. We're gonna do something we've never done before. It's it's our it's our end of the year year in review a, year in review award show. The Powies Powies Powies. Okay. <laughs> Which, by the way, a little behind the scenes for the audience out there, it is not easy to come up with an award show name, especially when your uh, name is when your show is comic book, book characters. characters. <laughs> because just, tell them what your original idea was. I mean. You can what, kind of which, guess where this is going. Oh, the uh, what was it the 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 uh, the commies? The commies, yeah, which doesn't really work. Um, I mean, I guess it does, but it just seems bizarre. It seems, bizarre. and then yours was the the kamikazes. The kamikazes, which again, which doesn't is also really kind of great, but doesn't sort of work. So we have just a few quick categories: best hero, best villain, biggest surprise, worst comic book related thing, and then the best comic book movie or TV show of the year. And uh, so best hero for me, we're just going to run through these pretty quickly, is Ant-Man from the movie Ant-Man. Paul Rudd nailed it. He was all ruddy all over that film. (laughs) Uh, You know, Scott Lang is not a character most people know very well. He gave it a lot of pop and sizzle. 
gave it a lot of depth, or maybe not a lot of depth, but gave it a lot of character, and was just fun, and, you know, doing all sorts of red stuff with it, uh, was really pleasantly surprised with how much I enjoyed Ant-Man, and a lot of that had to do with Paul Rudd. So, that's a good choice, and Ant-Man was actually my second option, or my second choice, um, mm-hmm. but I, I, I decided to go against it, just because as much as I love Rudd, and I love... I really enjoyed that movie. Still have a problem seeing him as a hardened criminal. I just can't. can't oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, totally true. I'm gonna give it to my boy Daredevil, um, Matt, Matty M's. Uh, I, I was a big fan of that show. I think just what they were able to accomplish on Netflix. I'm really excited about seeing what they can do mm-hmm. going forward. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, dude. I mean, I just I really. I really enjoyed Charlie Cox's portrayal Charlie Cox, of yeah. Matt Murdock slash Daredevil. Um, I hope they fix his 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 outfit, his costume, because like that was kind of lame at the end. I heard they're gonna make some changes to it. That's what I, that's what I've, seen, I've read. I hope so. I so. think they went too like practical with it, uh, but it just doesn't, which is fine. But it doesn't look cool. Uh, but anyway, big fan of Daredevil, big fan of Charlie Cox, and uh, that's that's who I'm going cool. with. Cool. Best villain, I selected Doctor Doom from Invincible Iron Man, the comic book. Oh, uh, nice, dude. I thought you were going to say from Fantastic Four, and I was going <laughs> to be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, Fantastic Four, dear, dear God. Uh, but no, Doctor Doom from the Invincible Iron Man comic book written by Brian Michael Bendis. Um, he's actually technically not a villain. As of yet, he hasn't really done anything very villainous, but he's traditionally a villain. Um, he's also not the main antagonist, because that's Madame Mass so far. But he just kind of keeps popping up, kind of keeps bugging Tony. He's eating a lot of chips and stuff. He's, his snack game is strong, <laughs> man. Like, I love it. I just love how he's just kind of antagonizing Tony and well, just Doom, showing up. Doom really awesome. did kind of own this year for Marvel, because he is the main character, or the, or the, the most powerful character in Secret Wars, um, which is like yeah, their big series that still hasn't ended. <laughs> uh, oh, we're going we're gonna to get on that in a minute. So too. yeah, so Doom, um, big year for Doom, 2015, year for Doom. the year of Doom. Marvel was doomed this year. Yeah. Uh, my choice for best villain of the year is this city. Kingpin, dude. Uh, yeah. Vincent D'Onofrio. Uh, I thought fucking nailed it. Just his performance was great. You could see the vulnerability behind his character um, and just the way he would lash out. It was it was terrific. I wanted to see more. Um, the only thing I didn't... I mean, Daredevil kind of ended on a kind of not a great note, but like I thought his performance was awesome. I loved the way that they showed him. They kind of showed him as a more complex character than a lot of comic book villains. I mean, mm-hmm. fuck, for the first time you see him, he's on a date. Like, what show or movie has ever done that? Um, yeah. And I thought he was great. So, my boy D'Onofrio. No, that's a great choice. I, I I think if I had to have a runner-up, it would be uh, D'Onofrio Kingpin. Oh, I mean, I will Kingpin. say Ultron was really good, uh, but I wanted to give it to an mm-hmm. actual human being. <laughs> Take that, uh, uh, Spader. Spader. Well, yeah, Spader was um, pretty good. but All right. So, biggest surprise for me. Powie for biggest surprise from Alfred goes to the Secret Wars storyline still not being done in the year 2015. 
Well, 2016, pretty soon. Um, well, yeah, mind you, but not being completed within the calendar year. Yeah, it's nuts. Uh, uh, Marvel, come on, Marvel! Like <laughs> Marvel deserves more shit for botching this to the level that they have. Uh, God, they fucked this up. Like I, I just picked up issue what I guess eight. Is it eight that just came out? The newest issue that came out. I, I still haven't even read it. it. Yeah. Uh, let me. It's the one with uh, the thing. Yeah, the thing as uh, a giant wall or whatever. Uh, so, but but they out that that should have been the end. I haven't read it yet, but they actually added another issue, and yeah. that's not coming out till next year. This big rebranding relaunch thing was supposed to happen in October. This is just nuts, man. Like this is you're a, you're literally part of a billion dollar empire within Disney. You guys have to do a better job. Of these kind of things. I can't believe more people aren't talking about this. And, like, it's just a giant screw-up. I'm actually really disappointed. Things, um, that got me kind of more into reading some Marvel comics this year was, like, all right, because I like when they do these kind of big events. Like, I kind of want to, you know, read it and, see and be a part of it. But, Jesus, like, they really, like, if your idea is to try to get people to come in, especially new readers, and yeah, you're trying you to reboot everything, more. Mm-hmm. and this is kind of, like, the big thing that's kind of you know, going to reboot the whole universe and you botch it this badly. I don't know. It's, I, I don't get it to me. It seems like a, like, a giant, like bucket. I feel, I feel if DC had done like, had messed up like this, people would have been like really vocal about it. And I just, I don't know. It seems weird that Marvel's kind of gotten a pass in a way. Luckily the invincible Iron Man series has been really good so far. And we've got the miles Morales Spider-Man series coming out soon. So you know, hopefully that's going to be good as well. But and yeah, don't forget, yeah, I've just... Civil War Two, Civil War Two, Civil Warer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, what was your biggest surprise? Uh, my biggest surprise was uh, Hawkeye surviving uh, Age of Ultron. Oh yeah, that's uh, a good one. I thought he was a goner, and instead they killed Quicksilver. Which you didn't see that coming. I did not see that coming. Uh, I I thought Hawkeye would go, but um. Also, yeah, I don't really have much for surprise of the year. I will say I was a little surprised, if we're going to stick with Star Wars, that Luke uh, wasn't in the movie more. I guess I shouldn't have been because he wasn't really part of the promotion too much or the marketing. Uh, But I thought he was going to have more of a role in this movie than just the very final scene. Oh, you know what? You know, when I said Civil War, that actually just brings me back to a point, just really quickly going back to Star Wars. I was talking to Alex, uh, also a fan of the podcast, uh, he he called the the Star Killer planet. He called it the Death Star. <laughs> it made me laugh really hard when he That's said that. What it uh, is. I, I just totally I can't get over the fact that they made something that much bigger and made it easier to take down. I, I just yeah. uh, uh, I can't handle it. Although maybe that's a metaphor for like, you know, like if you have a company and it grows and grows and grows, you just can't oversee everything and you're vulnerable. Maybe or maybe that's supposed to be a metaphor for America. Huh? Oh. Huh? People? So Kylo Feel the burn? Is, is this like what a Trump presidency is going to look like? Is that Feel... what you're <laughs> Okay. Oh, man. And, uh, okay. Worst of the year. Powie goes to Fantastic Four. This is a, the a no-brainer. The shitstorm that yeah. was Fox's Fantastic Four, Josh Trank's Fantastic Four, or probably not <laughs> Josh Trank's Fantastic Four, I guess. Really quick story with that. I was at Best Buy the other day doing some Christmas shopping, and I see uh, some steelbooks, which you know I love, Blu-ray steelbooks for the movie Fantastic Four, 
And I'm like, okay, first of all, anytime a, a comic book steelbook comes out with like Ant Man or whatever, it sells out in the first day. It's gone. You can't ever, you can never find them after the first day. There were literally 65, 100 copies of this thing everywhere. They were, they were just everywhere. And I was like, wait a minute, this movie's out? I didn't even know this movie was out. I took a picture of it. I sent it to, sent it to Alex, who's also a big uh, Steelbook fan. And I go, hey, Alex, did you know this was out? He's like, yeah, dude, that came out last week. I'm like, it came out last week. There was literally no advertisement for this movie coming out on Blu-ray and DVD. Of course not, because the movie's fucking terrible. It is one of the worst movies I've seen ever, and um, I didn't buy it. I didn't buy it because I'm not going to watch the movie ever again. I'm never going to watch that movie again for the rest of my life. No, no one should. Um, not even yeah. just Trank. Not even just Trank. Poor Trank. Oh, oh, and just for the audience out there that was hoping, maybe praying, you know, hoping against hope that there was going to be a director's commentary track for Fantastic Four, there is not. Ugh. No so commentary track? No commentary oh, track. Oh, that's so, so disappointing. They, it's such a missed opportunity. Uh, also, if what had another it, sign I, of just what a fucked up movie that was from the get-go. Um, the fact that there's yeah. no commentary, I mean, yeah, I would have loved every to have been movie there when they offered commentary. it to like, some of the, the people in the, in the movie, and they're just like, no fucking <laughs> no What do you think Miles way. Teller's response was? Was it just like, fuck you? <laughs> Yeah, I'm also going to have to go with it. Fantastic Four for that one. Uh, honorable yeah. ne- uh, honorable mention, Foggy Nelson. Wasn't a huge fan. Uh, okay. Honorable Red- mention for me, Supergirl. Red Supergirl, Tomato. Red Tomato. Say that. Actually, yeah. Red Tomato surprised me. Um, <laughs> and that's about it. You know, before we keep going, I want to say um, Kilgrave was also a really good villain. Um, mm, yeah. I, I, I still, I mean, I don't know. I'm just a huge, huge fan of that Daredevil series, so I went with Kingpin, but... Um, Kilgrave got a lot of attention um, because he was just one of the darkest characters Marvel's ever created, and so I think we need to at least mention him because. No, uh, I think you're right. A lot of people consider him one of the greatest villains, if not the best villain that Marvel's ever had. And Marvel, well, here's the funny thing between between Kilgrave and Kingpin in the Netflix series, you could argue that the Netflix series has given Marvel their best villains so far. Yeah, I mean, other than would, maybe Loki, right. And, and you know that's that's pretty crazy. I mean, kudos Netflix. Seriously, they're they're just crushing it. The kudos. I mean, the the Netflix Marvel sort of uh, relationship is just bearing such fantastic fruit. So delicious. <laughs> and also, even though I didn't I didn't name either one, um, I think the fact that that we could have a character like Jessica Jones or someone mm-hmm. like Ray up for like a best hero. Type yeah. Award oh, is, definitely honorable mention. Like they're both fantastic. Yeah. I loved Ray so much in in Star Wars. Like seriously, that that character and Daisy Ridley just knocks it out of the park. A little funny, small story. Um, so I took you know I took Bianca. She's eleven. Uh, to see it, and at the very beginning, when they're in Jakku, and uh, and Finn and Ray are running around, and Finn keeps grabbing her hand, and she's like, "Why are you grabbing my hand? Let go of my hand. I can run faster without you." Like. Yeah. But Bianca loved that scene. Like, she laughed so hard. And I think that's really interesting because, you know, Bianca's like a little kid. She has no perspective, like, for this, like, you know, inequality, gender inequality and all the kind of, you know, stuff that people are talking about these days. But she just loved it. She just thought it was funny. And she was like, she actually turned to me and said something. I'm going to paraphrase her because I don't remember exactly what she said. But she, uh, oh, no, no, what it was was, was you know Ray was saying like let go of my hand I don't you know I don't need you on my hand and Bianca goes she she turns to me and she basically says something like yeah Ray can run Ray was running faster without him 
and and she was laughing, you know, and I thought that was That's really great. funny that she picked That's up awesome. on that. And I hope, um, yeah, I hope I would imagine a lot of people, are, a lot of young girls are having that reaction and that's that's exactly what you want right so it's probably like the katniss factor i feel like that's kind of pushed all of that stuff forward good good yay good stuff uh all right powie last powie of the of the evening it's not the evening (laughs) of the the evening we're wearing tuxes for this yeah Mm -hmm. we sure are (laughs) uh (laughs) best comic book movie slash tv show of the year so in this one it can be either a movie or a tv show comic book related you're not gonna, my pick. I'll go first know because it's not going to be a surprise. I've already kind of tipped my hand. Is it is it sweeping? Is it sweeping the the sweep. the Bowie's clean for you? sweep? This year for me mm-hmm. belongs to Daredevil. Okay, best show, best comic book show I've ever seen. One of the best comic stories I've seen. I love that Netflix has become this place for people who like comic books but are a little bit older than you know kids reading comic books. Um, I love what they're doing with it. I'm really excited to see what happens. Daredevil season two is probably the, the, the comic book related thing I'm most excited about. And there's like a million things coming out for next year. Wow. Uh, that's crazy. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah. So, uh, I'm giving it to Daredevil. Uh, I think what nice. they did was awesome. It surprised the hell out of me. I did not think it was going to be that good. The fighting is great. The acting's good. Obviously not perfect all the way through. You got to fill 10 episodes or 13 episodes. Yeah. There's definitely some shitty dialogue. There's not, it's not all perfect, but, uh, for the most part, I thought they nailed it, and I'm really excited to see more. So, no, that's great. I'm I'm right behind you with all of those comments. Uh, it's fantastically it's it's fantastic what they've done with that show and and how they're kind of moving along on Netflix. Um, I mean, I just second all of those comments. Uh, my my best comic book movie TV show of the year is something we really don't talk about a whole lot on the show, to be honest. But I really feel like this show does so many things. And it's kind of on a smaller scale, but it's they, they do so many interesting things. And I kind of feel like this is what Supergirl is trying to do. Mm-hmm. But this show just does it a thousand times better. It's The Flash. Wow, uh, the Flash you're going TV with Flash. Show. Wow. Uh-huh. Shocking. Yeah, yeah. The Flash TV show in its second season is pulling in a bunch of different characters from the DC universe. They're bringing in... Uh, what they call JSA or J- Justice Society of America characters, which are like this, the uh, the Golden Age, Silver Age, com- like the original Flash with the helmet and the little wings. Like they're bringing in like multi storylines, multi- like the uh, multi universe that DC likes to play with a lot. They do the Arrow Flash crossover between the shows, which is really cool. It's just a really fun show. It's really well written. The the uh, Justin Grant is the the main actor, and he's really great in that role. Um, yeah, it's a little campy sometimes. It's a little cheesy. Uh, it's a TV show, you know. It's not. It doesn't have the budget of a of a of a Netflix show or of a movie, but they do really great special effects on it. I'm just, I'm never disappointed with an episode of The Flash. I don't think I've ever been like ah, that one kind of sucked. Like I, I don't think I've ever felt that way and. I'm really glad that that show exists and is allowed to breathe uh, the way it has. Well, that is high praise, and I will definitely have to check it out. As you know, I have a prejudice against network shows. I just can't get over. Uh, but I need, to, I need to because I've heard a lot of good things, not just from you, uh, but from others as well. Um, and I did, I believe it's on Netflix now. So um, I think the first season first is. First season, yeah. which is not as good, but whatever. I'll, I'll try and give it a shot soon. No, it, it, yeah, it, it probably isn't as good, but it is really good. It's, and it's not like Arrow say, first season. And hopefully people take me up on this. Uh, in the comments section, once we post this, uh, let us know what your favorite thing was this year. Uh, because obviously there's so many comics that come out 
every year and we're you know we we didn't try and even we didn't even dare try to pick the best comic of the year because there's so much out there uh but if there's something that you really loved and you thought was great let us know i mean we're all looking to read good stuff so uh and Mm -hmm. watch good things so um especially this time of year um it's a good time to to see what's what's really good out there and maybe spend some of these holidays yeah cozy up next to the fireplace Sit next to the fireplace on. reading or watching something cool. So let us know what uh, what your favorite stuff was this year in the comment section or email us or send us a, a tweet. But anyway, man, I think I think we uh, I think we're, like, that's it for this week. Anything yeah, else before yeah. we wrap things up? No, I think that's it. I think uh, I mean this is this is going to be our last one for the year, probably. Yeah, right? probably. So so uh, I mean, happy New Year to uh, to all the CBCers out there. In, in the CBCU, and uh, see you guys next year. Uh, stay super, everyone. Yeah, that's right. Happy holidays and happy New Year's. And until next time, the Fortress of Potitude is closed. Thanks for being our fans. Take care. Later, guys. <laughs>